Bedroom Battle Pass. The Archives. Me and you, Season 2. Alright, let's kick it. Welcome to Canberra Metalhead. You got Mikey Malpas and JDK. Today we'll be running through some um, vintage edition of the show with some vinyls, CDs, and old school stuff from Australia and around the world. I'm joining the studio with Joel from Witchcall. Hey, how's it going? And Reggae from Rainy Terror. Hey, hey, how's things? Awesome, man. Yeah, going well. Glad to have you boys both in the show, and you've brought quite a collection of uh, music from over the years. Uh, we'll be kicking off this part of the show with um, f- everything um, from late 80s right back uh, to when we uh, sort of, the metal scene really started, really. And um, this is the first part of a three-part series, and we'll be running through some stuff later on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this section of the show, and um, enjoy some um, early metal stuff. Uh, and, you know, who better than to take us through it than you boys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Yep, thanks, man. Glad when you think of vintage, you think of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is that element of it. I'm, I'm not not here to, um, to you know, make you feel old, but at the same time, you've got all the info, so that's where oh, it we already at. do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, here I am, um, you know, just getting into metal um, in the from two thousands onwards. So I like to, you know, backdate and see where it all came from. Uh, especially in the Canberra scene as well. Like, it's a fairly unique scene and, you know, it's produced some some uh, solid bands that have later on gone to play on the world stage. So, I mean, uh, it's a good spot to start. And yep. and you guys have seen all that over the years, especially, you know, I wasn't here as part of the Medal for the Brain stuff as well when that comes up all the time. Um, and I like to explore every avenue, you know, and sh- and show everybody where it all came from. Yeah, cool. I suppose some of this is just like uh, the stuff that maybe Reggae and I from our era sort of grew up on during that sort of era. Mm-hmm. So that's what we tried to do, just sort of bring a selection of stuff that kind of you know, had an impact on us when we were younger. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, we just listened to Venom Rip Ride. I mean, obviously, they're playing on they're, that's some of the world stuff that we've got. We've got a few Australian bands as well, but it's a good one to kick it off with there. Yeah, it's my favourite Venom song of all time. It's uh, just a classic on every level, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, well, like we're saying, um, while we're playing the track, you know, very extreme band and everything they did seemed to just be that um, next level, you know, to really get the name out there and, you know, get a reputation. Yeah, I just think they were the forerunners of everything that I sort of liked that came after them. Yep. So, uh, yeah, for me, they're just the, the most important sort of, you know, metal band of that sort of newer sort of era yep you know and still sort of all their songs really hold up for me yeah yeah as as well as compared to the newer stuff as well like you can see sort of where people get influenced especially a more extreme metal scene you know they sort of pave the way for all that stuff yeah well not just i don't just think that It's, it's obviously just that's how it was you know what i mean like if you you know listen to really early sort of interviews with slayer and metallica and all of those bands mm-hmm. everything all the heavy stuff that sort of came um you know a, a lot of that influence came from what venom were doing obviously you know they were sort of influenced by uh you know the gruffness and the chaos of motorhead and whatever so venom definitely have a lot of elements of that mm-hmm. but just you their, their lyrical content and just the way they kind of uh their stage show and everything was you know just how Everything was just a lot more rough and ready. I mm-hmm. just think that that part, you know, 
paved the way for all the sort of really good stuff that came after it. But I still reckon nothing was as good as them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess they sort of um, wrote the rules, so it's kind of like everyone has to stick to it. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you create a style of music, then you're the forerunner of that. You, it's People can only ever sort of be equal to that. They'll never be... If you create something, you're the engineer of it. It's for people to compete with that they'd be creating something else that isn't yeah and look for me it's like it comes down to songwriting as well like i think a lot of people if you don't like venom it's easy to just you know discard them because of the chaos of it all <laughs> but if you just strip it back to what they actually do with yep. with songwriting man they just you know i don't think anyone in the metal scenes ever sort of uh, well not with with the stuff that came after that i'm not talking about sabbath motorhead priest all the stuff before it mm-hmm. but from once venom started that whole new kind of era of, yep. of extreme stuff they wrote the best songs. Yep. You know, all of their songs just still stand up today. So whether you like them or you don't, if you just take it straight on a songwriting, um, you know, from from that point of view, it's just hard to argue. They're just on top of the pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and still, what with what they're doing today, like the guys from Venom, Venom Inc., which we've even had here in Canberra. Reggae knows more about that tour as well. Yeah, well, you got to support them. How yeah. awesome was that? That was a defining <laughs> moment in my life. <laughs> I could die happy now. <laughs> I was there, mate. Yeah. I got to watch it all. <laughs> no, Venom, to me, obviously, they're a very special band. It's uh, the reason why I got into metal. I'd, I'd heard a little bit of, like, Alice Cooper and Bon Jovi and stuff that was going on at the time, like, talking about mid, later mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. I then um, accidentally picked up the Venom record and put it on, and it just slapped me in the head. Like, it was just like, man, what is this? Like, you know, it was so much more extreme than anything that was going on. And I wasn't into the 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 full-on stuff of the time like motorhead or saxon or or judas priest i was more into the glam 80s rock but going from that and hearing venom for the first time it's just like a punch straight in the face you can't ignore the band no matter whether you like them or you don't you just you can't ignore them and you can't forget them Mm. yeah that's good it's good to see that they're still kicking it out man like with the venom ink stuff it's um it's one of those things where it's you can tell it withstands the test of time because they've they're still able to smash it out, and smash out shows. Well, I think there's, there's three <laughs> versions now, isn't there? Because no. didn't yeah, because Venom Inc has only got Mantis now. They've um, yeah, they've Abaddon's so, gone. Yeah, so Abaddon's got his own one, and then Cronus says yeah, so he's got so his th- all three members are doing yeah. the same stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they look good luck to them, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the songs are there; people still want to yeah. hear them. So, you know, yeah, that's good right. Luck to them. It's like they've um, like they were so much of a power together. They've each created their own thing separately. It's like the um, the franchise, like yeah, it's it's just like so <laughs> many different. Like it's nearly like they were too much. They needed to be split up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think the first show they did was uh, the first show they did in Britain was at Hammersmith. So it was just like that, this, that whole mentality of going, we're not going to play gigs until we can go to London yeah. and put on a stage show like Kiss. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That was just that, that, men, that mentality that they had. That, that, to me, had a lot to do with all of the, the DIY stuff that came with the extreme mm. metal from after that. Yeah. It just showed you that you, you don't have to be, you know, to me, a lot of the current stuff, it's all based on being precise and being perfect. Mm. And that's... I know I'm older, but I think that's the thing that I miss the most is that lack of kind of that lack of 
sort of chaos and energy that came with the older stuff through just not being the greatest musicians or not having unlimited amounts of studio time. Mm-hmm. So you ended up with something that they probably wanted it to be better than what it was at the time, but it just, you know, heaps of stuff we'll play later mm-hmm. will have that same kind of energy to it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's what we're looking forward to and what a good way to kick it off with some Venom um, just to, you know, set the precedent of the rest of the show. And um, we'll move it up. Like I said before, we're going to have some vinyl editions as well as um, some of the uh, the CDs. Uh, so now we've got a, a Men of War track. You bought this one in on vinyl. We'll be able to hear that. That'll have the that vinyl feel to it, I guess. Uh, which a lot of this music was recorded with the idea of of being played on that medium. Yeah. So it's good to have that. Um, in the show and be able to present it how it was meant to be played i guess yeah excellent um, i grew up on this record i bought it when it came out so for me it's always going to be i think it came out when i was 14 so yep. yeah i just never tire of hearing hearing this record it's yeah a, right i know they a band that kind of um they're very dis- divisive yeah, they yeah. polarize people <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but, a cod pieces yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I just I rate them highly. Again, just Excellent. killer songs. Yep, and, and you've selected this track. It's the first track on the on the vinyl. It's called "All Men Play on 10. That's the one. And um, we'll never turn it down again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll listen to that one on vinyl. That lo-fi sound, <laughs> as much as we enjoyed it. How it was supposed to be, mate. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, like I said before, we got a massive selection of stuff to play through um, here on the show with the um, anything predating the uh, late eighties. So um, we're moving into some um, Exodus now. Um, you've uh, brought in that to uh, you know show show a few tracks that not maybe everybody's heard before and i know a lot of listeners of the show have been listening to some like more recent sort of stuff so it's good to call it back uh what do you what can what do you have to say about this uh, exodus track which is a lesson in violence oh just this album in general i just think it's one of the best metal albums ever made yep. um i think it was recorded in 84 but it didn't come out till 85 yep. and i think it was just um you know they were doing things as good anything metallica and slayer were doing at the time they were they were kind of matching uh, but unfortunately, things didn't really work out from the second album. wasn't so great. But uh, yeah, if you get a chance, if you don't know this first album, Bonded, uh, Bonded by Blood, I highly recommend it. I think it's it's one of the best metal records ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. So absolutely. yeah, A Lesson in Violence, just one of the many great tracks on it. Yeah, great. Yeah, and um, the consensus around the room, everybody, um, anyone else, you know, get into some Exodus or? I got to admit, they I missed them the first time round. Yeah. Sort of, I didn't get. But I was sort of more obsessed by Slayer and Metallica at the time yep. and, and just doing that. Megadeth had come out. But, look, these guys are good. Um, just didn't get into them the first time around. Just yep. Had other stuff going on, but I can look back on this and go, yeah, that, that's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's good to hear, man. It's uh, Like I said, everything that I'm listening to now is in hindsight because obviously I started later, later, later on and I'm sort of trying to pave that way of getting into the newer stuff and then still paying homage to what we used what everybody was into at the time look i think 84 was one of the probably the best year in metal ever if you look at all the albums that sort of came out although this one came out in 85 it was it was only because of some drama with the record company this album should have been out in 84 yeah and if you look at everything that came out in that year it was a pivotal moment full stop and everything that was happening with heavy music Mm -hmm. just a great year and this is um definitely one of the the gems among all of it Yep, awesome man. Fine. 
All right, we'll, uh, we'll listen to this track now and um, stick around for some more hits from the from the same time. Exodus, a lesson in violence. Album that came out in '85. Uh, still had that that um, brutal feel to it as well. Uh, it, we were talking in the break about the the different timing and stuff like that. It's interesting to have musicians in the studio talking about the music because you understand different levels of where it's at me myself not being in a band you i listen to an album differently but obviously yourself Joel, being a drummer you can sort of pick up on different timings and things like that it changes the dynamic of how you listen to an album i guess yeah i suppose we all listen to things differently i think with albums like that i was saying in the break um I think it was really a pivotal record at its time because the the lyrical content and just the aggression of the music, um, you, you know, it had a lot to do with with how sort of heavy music, extreme music, sort of um, progressed and went forward. Yeah. So there's certain things that you know I only know that because you know um, Marcus, who I'm in which go with, he he bought the album on mail order, so I think he was possibly the first person in Australia to have it so yeah. we, we were listening to that album intently from the age of 15 and when we heard things like that there just wasn't uh, you know it was, it was very new and, and cutting edge so mm. when mm. you're from that era you can kind of see how things kind of um, progressed the mm. way they have and sometimes albums sort of get a little bit forgotten and yeah. I think because Exodus you know the, the next album they did was pretty poor I reckon so they never really got their, their you know their got just their wings yeah in my opinion they, yeah. that you know I think they're f- a far more important band than, than you know, bands like um, Megadeth or or Anthrax. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that the, the quality of this album is on par with what Slayer and Metallica were doing at the same time. Yeah. But they just never, unfortunately, got sort of the the level of respect they deserved for it for whatever reason. Well, look, yeah, some of it, like we've heard in the past, it's just right place, right time. Like. Um, you know, everybody's seen the um, documentary of the um, the Anvil documentary that, that came out um, a few years ago, and everyone's it's given them a second wind, I guess, with that with the um, recognition of that docu- documentary. And it, it's just like it's not just the time; it's also the the place as well. Like a lot of these bands came out at the same time, but they just weren't in the right area to sort of become as big as the others. Well, I think what affected them is they the album should have come out in '84. And uh, for what I can't remember what it was. I think they had um, dramas with the label or, yeah. or when one it was. of those things. So it was yeah. released a year late, which doesn't sound like much in this day and age. Mm. But back then, there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on. If, mm. if you look at any of the records that were kind of come out in '84, you know what I mean. It would have been way more beneficial for them because '84 was the same year as Ride the Lightning. You know mm. what I mean. So yep. it would have been better for them had it come out a year earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I suppose yeah, right time, right place, and some for whatever reason, some things kick off and others don't. I think it had a bit to do with um, the lyrical content on this record's pretty full on, and I think that you know that may have uh, may have you know worked against them. But yeah. Who, I'm, who I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's made it a better record because of it. Yeah, well, exactly. It's just about um, some people like hinge their bets. They might pull a song if they're not sure about it, especially in live shows. Depending on the venue, the place, whatever. It's good to see bands that just stick to their, um, you know, their their idea of just doing what they wanted to do, whether or not people agree with it or not. Yeah. It's part of what made the scene what it is. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So that's right, man. Um, we've. On the same vein of um, of um, extreme, we've got um, a Mortal Sin track now coming up. Yeah, look, I, I this band started well. 
the album came out in 87. I was lucky enough to go see them a couple of times real early on with this original lineup on this record. And they were great, you know, like um, they signed some, off the strength of this album, they signed same label, the same international labels, Metallica, I think at the time, but mm-hmm. a bigger deal than Metallica. So it was yep. a really big thing when they got picked up. And um, yeah, I used to go see them and yeah, this this album is uh, is an absolute beauty. Cool. All right, so this is um, Mortal Sin with Mayhemic Destruction um, off the album of the same name. Yeah, well, uh, Reggae picked that track. Yep, that's one of my favourites. Uh, my first encounter with Mortal Sin was buying Hot Metal magazine. I don't know if any of you guys remember that, but it uh, kicked off in about 88. <laughs> um, Mortal Sin were, it was like the first, one of the first four issues of the magazine. You bought it and you got a free Mortal Sin record with it. And um, I'd not really heard of anything coming out of Australia up until that point. And then suddenly these guys are there with um, with a free record on every copy of the magazine. And it, and for a kid that wasn't old enough to go to gigs but was still buying the magazines and that sort of thing, it really pushed these guys to sort of national hero level status for us um, 12, 13-year-olds that were just getting into metal at the time. Hmm. Yep. That that sounds right, man. It's like, glad that uh, I'm glad that that edition came out because we may not have Reign of Terror as they are today if that um, magazine hadn't been available. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the if it wasn't for Mortal Sin and that magazine and that news agency or whatever having it at the same time, I may not have Reggae on the show right now. So all the planets <laughs> have aligned. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll uh, listen to that track, Mortal Sin, with Mayhemic Destruction. Um, that one there was um, a track that um, Joel brought in from the um, from the album of the same name. We introduced that one, and Reggae, Reggae chose the song. So that one there rounds off the uh, first major part of the um, bracket where we we're just talking about individual songs and um, also playing the tracks as well. But now we'll be moving into a three-part bracket just to round off the um, the decade of the you know late '80s right back. We'll be um, Kicking it off with some Slayer. Slayer is a really good um, representation of that time. I mean, we wouldn't be able to have an 80s bracket without a Slayer track. Um, Joel, you brought that one in um, with the Slayer track. Um, Hell Awaits. Do you remember what time that album came out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 85. So, um, yeah, this is my favourite era of Slayer. Uh, The first three, I reckon, are are all awesome, obviously. But, yeah, this one, for me, just sort of stands out. I think at the time took me i didn't get into it at first i was only 15 and it kind of was a bit bit full on for me i couldn't yep. i couldn't grasp it but it didn't take long you know a few more lessons i kind of latched on yep a mate came uh with some bloke came to our school from america and he introduced it to us all so when we were sort of 15 he he bought all this stuff with him that we'd never heard of you know mm. and then hella weights was one of them and you know initially I, I couldn't sort of get my head wrap my head around it but um yeah, once uh, a few more listens, I kind of realised, oh, yeah, there's something here. Yeah, yeah. And it's just stuck with me. I just think this is uh, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, cool. And, um, I mean, Slayer's... Um, I remember Reggae introduced me to some more, more Slayer and more of the, um, you know, the earlier tracks um, when I was starting to get into the metal scene. I've known Reggae for several years um, prior to this. Reggae, how, how do you find the uh, Hell Awaits album? Oh, look, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's my favourite record of theirs, but you're talking about the difference between brilliance and awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm going to say Hell Awaits could be the first death metal album. It's got that sort of Florida death metal feel that I yep. think um, that death took took to town with a couple of years later. Like if you look at 
hell awaits them then you look at leprosy and scream bloody gore i reckon there's a direct progression from those those records yep and straight into the florida scene after that yeah cool so you know this this album potentially uh, influenced the entire scene um, with other, through other bands as well. Yeah. And, you know, definitely uh, even locally inf- influenced bands, I'd say, as well. Uh, Slayer in general, not not just this album. So, yeah, that's cool. We'll give everybody a taste out there. Um, I'm assuming most band, most um, fans of the show have listened to a fair bit of Slayer already, but it's cool to be able to play it on the show in this, uh, you know, in the closing editions of the, um, the t- 2018 shows. So closing up now with a three-part bracket from the '80s, um, and that'll be closing out the uh, the decade for this for this edition of the show. So kicking it off now with Slayer, Necrophiliac. That was a uh, the closing of the um, the '80s bracket. That one there had um, the last track there. That album came out in '89, so it was a perfect time to close it all off. Um, that one there was a, a Morbid Angel track. Do you guys um, enjoy listening to some of that, you know, raw Morbid Angel stuff? Oh, we'd love it. Um, personally, it's a huge influence on me. Uh, the music was light years ahead of anything else that was going on at the time in death metal or thrash metal. But for me, being a lyricist in the band as well, I found David Vincent's lyrics very obscure but intriguing. Yep. And it influenced me a lot and got me into a lot of occult stuff and H.P. Lovecraft, things like that, where they weren't just talking about um, serial killers or zombies or straight-ahead horror stuff, which I try to love that stuff too. But... This stuff had a more occult vibe to it, something a lot deeper and something that you could study the lyrics and get into it and then follow it through with reading stuff like Lovecraft, um, the Necronomicon, things like that, Alistair Crowley. Excellent. So it had a, a much de- deeper breath to it, Yep. if you get my drift. Yeah, yeah, like it inspired you to research further into the yeah. themes, which, you know, a lot of it is that. It's, it's finding something you like and then continuing down that path. Um, so you know if it's not just music it's also the themes as well the, the amount of like horror movies i've watched from listening to to metal you know you, you go and find a sample that they might use in a track yeah. or a song they wrote about you know i mean i've watched human centipede more since i started listening to uh, rain of terror so <laughs> yeah it was our kickback for that yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. it was definitely a pivotal album like you know from Reggae's my era, you know, mm-hmm. when that came out, there was just nothing like it at the time. Really heavily influenced when uh, I was still an Armored Angel, we were we were really heavily, um, our songwriting became heavily influenced by what was going on on that album. Yep. So I just think it was one of those sort of things, it was just a real game changer when it, when it sort of sort of hit, everyone's just kind of, you know, it was just like, okay, and then that, that sort of set the tone for, for the next decade, really. Mm-hmm. So really influential on what happened for the whole of the 90s. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'd say that also, um, you know, having mentioned Armored Angel and influencing um, the band, Armored Angel would have then went on to influence more bands in the scene because they were right at that pinnacle of, of the, um, the, the next wave of 90s music came through as well yeah maybe i suppose i don't i don't know because i was in the band so i don't really know what kind of effect if any we had but i suppose what was interesting for us is um you know back when that album came out i remember we used to we used to cover the song maze of torment um you know a year after it came out so for people that were into that sort of stuff it was there was very unlikely you were going to see morbid angel in australia at that time you know what i mean so if you wanted to hear that sort of stuff you know, I think that's why the Australian sort of local scene was pretty strong. People would come along, and for us, we used to play sort of, you know, 
three or four covers every every sort of gig we played because mm-hmm. that's just the way the, the scene was. It was stuff that we liked and we related to. Yep. And um, the people that came to see us used to used to get into that as well. Yeah, they used to enjoy watching it, but and you guys enjoyed playing it as well. Well, for us, it. it was kind of like it was a really important thing for us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unusual when you think about it because you wouldn't get too many bands like. We were quite established, I suppose, in the local scene yep. at that stage, but we still always played, always played covers. Yep. Whereas most bands now might do one, but you know, yeah. we, we the whole time we were going, we, we we always had sort of covers of the bands, only of songs that we of bands that we liked. Mm, mm. But I suppose when you're playing those sorts of songs, it helps influence how you you write as well. So yeah, it was definitely a big influence, a real sort of um, pivotal record, I suppose. Yeah. Cool. No, that's exactly right. And uh, we had Accept before that. Um, that was a vinyl um, that that we played um, that you brought in. Now, you mentioned, uh, where are those guys f- from? Oh, I, they're the best band that's ever come out of Germany for yep. me. You know, I, I love them. They were really important for me growing up as a kid. And that song's probably like one of the first kind of thrash speed metal songs yep. ever to come out. You know, it was 82. Yep. So I remember when, I, when we first heard that, it was kind of, you know, we were pretty sort of blown away by that hmm. that and sort of you know witching hour by venom to me I, there's, there's probably others i can't recall or don't know about but to me they seem to be the first two that really sort of sent everything down that path of, of of the speed and thrash stuff that came excellent yeah um i think like you mentioned before that that early 80s era sort of paved the way for a whole bunch of more uh styles to come through um, and from every country too, like most countries had uh, like an album come out of them, like you mentioned, you know, we had um, a- anything for Europe and an- anything like that. And then also the States and, and finally Australia eventually had that scene as well. Yeah, well, the 80s is full on, man. Like we were saying before, like Venom put Welcome to Hell out in 81 and then Morbid Angel put out Ultras of Madness in 89. It's not, you know, it's not, it felt like a long time at the time, but you realise how quick that period is and how much you know extreme music changed in in that short space of time Mm. and uh that's why yeah those those two records are so sort of you know influential i suppose yeah cool that birth of that florida death metal scene the 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 you know the kick tone and the guitar tone just edging it out yeah well that's right and And even when you hear morbid angel you can kind of hear that that's still got a bit of an 80s sound to it that one but by the next one you know blessed of the sick was the second one yeah second one yeah yeah yeah. so that you can tell has got much more of that sort of template for the death metal sort of stuff that sort of came so yeah it's it's kind of um that's why i I sort of find it fascinating it was a lot more change that went on in that decade of the 80s than, than what you found any any decade since and probably that what, what there ever will be i reckon cool and that's why we kicked off the uh three-part edition with the 80s and pr- prior to the 80s it's the uh the underground metal scene edition of the uh hits from the 80s so <laughs> <laughs> that's it um that that closed off that bracket and uh thank you everybody for listening uh through that show and um and cranking out some of the tunes from there it's been a pleasure having joel and reggae in and uh stay tuned for uh next week's show where we'll be going through a further on of this interview where we'll be going through the 90s um and um thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening to canberra metalheads oh thanks for having us hey mark how you going man good man how you doing uh jake we've got um alex and jake and uh what roles are you in the what roles do you perform in the band um um to the lead guitar okay oh that's alex yeah yep and uh jake is uh, 
on the uh, lead singer in Ripley Terrace. So this is the uh, interview section of the Canberra Metalhead show. We've got Mikey Malpas and Jade Gay. We're joined here with on the phone interview with the guys from Audio Rain. We've got Jake and Alex. How you doing, boys? Good, good, good to have you um, call into the show. Uh, you guys are all the way from Adelaide, so that's uh, good to hear some hear some um, hear some voices from over the border. <laughs> Other side of the world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, as far as as far as the Australian um, scene, that's um, pretty pretty far away. But you know, a lot of venues and gigs and stuff are usually fairly. There's a fair bit of distance between towns. Yeah, we're not in uh, Europe. Yeah, Germany. <laughs> That's for sure. Yep, exactly. But anyway, um, we we heard from um, you guys for your uh, new single that came out. So we've um had a had a sample sent to us and things like that. Um, with the um census um single. Yep. Uh huh. Uh, and okay. you guys, uh, just a quick breakdown of the of the roles. So Alex, you're the lead guitarist, and Jake, you do rhythm as well. Um, yep. And uh, coming together on the new single, how's it been recording that and putting that one out? Well, a bit of a process. Yeah. Yeah. A year or so, I feel it's been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had a few things going on. Yeah, it's been a, been a bit of a journey getting here, but. Um, uh, after all the work, it's come out and we're pretty happy with it. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, twelve months is a good good amount of recording time. I'm assuming that you guys would have, you know, you definitely know the song inside and out by this point. Um, I would like to thank you. <laughs> all the takes and double takes, I guess you had. Um, whereabouts yep. did you record that one in Adelaide as well? Yep, uh, we recorded at House of Sap with uh, engineer Jared Nettle. Uh, and he, funny enough, he actually is partially responsible for the um, the way the arrangement of the song has ended up on the final recording as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so Jared, uh, we work with Jared, and he's a, he's a young guy, he's a bit of a gun now, he's got a good ear and a good, a good sound that he comes up with uh, when, you, when you work with him. And the album, I suppose, as I said, it was a journey because we had things going on. Um, and a little break in between sort of doing the album and when we came back uh, we kept, kept it all continued on Jerry had his own little uh, idea on the head senses and like so we uh, it, it sort of changed up a bit because obviously the first single that came out um, a couple months ago was Betrayal yep. which uh, you would have heard that on a tune um, and Senses is now sort of very different to Betrayal Betrayal was uh, very gutsy and heavy and edgy. Um, Sense is, is more of an emotion pack. But uh, so, um, yeah, different style. We got to, uh, the album's got a lot of different dynamics and uh, different different um, sounds in it. Yeah, cool. No, that's good. Actually, it's good that you mentioned uh, the song Betrayal. So that'll that's the uh, intro to the interview. So um, you could oh, probably yeah. speak a little bit more about that one as well um, as as Census. Uh, you mentioned that it was slightly more, you know, heavy as well. So you're sort of covering both grounds um, of of your style with the yeah. with betrayal and senses. Yeah, having them as the the two singles is sort of sort of showing both ends of the spectrum of what we can do. You know, it's not all just heavy, heavy, heavy. We've got to show that we've got a maybe a bit of a soft side as well. So excellent. Well, that's what I like to hear. I'm, I mean, it comes out more and more. 
um, bands that have multiple different sounds. So it's um, it's good to be able to but like to show that to everybody as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, is, that's is, well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you guys, um, obviously, you got the new single out. Is there uh, you you got like a surrounding tour or gig that you um, be running uh, through with that one as well? Well, that's still in the organisation process. I must admit, we've been there. We've been super flat out, and there's been a going with a bit of other stuff, all with organising the band. And uh, we had our live launch for the album actually here in Adelaide HQ. Mm-hmm. Cause we just um, we just uh, were flat out too because we supported the uh, US Rockers Skillet, okay. and then we had our album, album launch straight after. And then um, we're still sort of laying down plans to get away and. Um, take from the road and get some shows so um it will happen cool i just can't give you some hard details yet oh that's all good man i know you're busy we're talking off mic before about you um work with the uh, fire department as well so that's good to hear that you're doing good things as well as good music (laughs) yeah burning off some energy (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right well everybody um that i speak to about live shows says that yep you're definitely burning some energy on the stage so it's good to be able to do that yes. and get paid as well um, off the stage. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, no, we definitely will get around and uh, just got to keep your eyes and ears open. If you get on the uh, audio and Facebook page, I suppose Facebook is the most common. Get on there and you'll uh, be able to follow and see what's happening. But we have a bit of show coming up. Uh, we're on a metal fest coming up in Adelaide, uh, which is not, our, not necessarily our next show, but it's... Um, um, the next sort of festival we're on, which is uh, what's the Churches of Steel in Adelaide. Okay, cool. Um, which is about 17 bands, I think, and it's, it's sort of all day, 12, 12 to midnight uh, event, and we're playing on that. So um, Excellent. I'm sure that'll be a full on. We'll yeah, so. Some, uh, yeah. yeah, that's not. That's right. Well, that's a good. That's a good. Um, that's a good um, spruik there for the festival as well. I hear that the Adelaide uh, scene's um, very like has a really good um, metal following. We get actually a lot of fans from Adelaide um, from that that reach out to the show. You know, asking um, if we've you know um, played certain bands or heard of certain bands. So it's good to hear that we've got that reach as well. I think it all came about because we had a Adelaide band called As I Destruct came through Canberra. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just from uh, speaking to those guys and kind of that, and um, hanging out with those dudes, sort of got us amongst the uh, the Adelaide and South Australian scene, which is really cool. I'm glad that we've man- managed to make that connection. Yeah, well, there is a lot of, lot of heavy fans in so. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, you've got you've got the um, the Slayer show coming up in March as well in Adelaide, the Slayer um, and Behemoth. Yeah. yeah, that's I think Anthrax is playing about And as Anthrax well. as well. Yeah. So I think Adelaide's the only one getting side shows in Adelaide. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think that the general metal scene seems to be growing more and more just in the past 12 months. We've noticed it here in Canberra, and it's good to hear that it's also nationwide. Yeah, absolutely, man. They will, and such with download, and uh, then they're re, um, reissuing of the actually hard copy of, uh, well, not hard copy, the the a physical copy of the heavy mag has come back now. You know, which was also those magazines were lost, so heavy mag's back in distribution. So yeah, hopefully, hard rock, heavy metal, metal is all uh, is all thriving again. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's good to hear that you guys at the 
um, all part of the scene and help and build that following as well as much as as we're trying to help it as well with um, what we do. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And it's a good time to have a new single out. So um, it's um, as well as the previous single, Betrayal, now we've got Census coming out as well from you guys, which is uh, Audio Rain. So for anybody out there that uh, hasn't heard them before, um, if you enjoyed the initial song, um, Betrayal, stick around to uh, listen to the new single from, from Audio Rain, which is Census. Um, which we'll be playing just after this and um, here on uh, Canberra Metalheads 2XXFM and um, check them out on their uh, social media pages as well, uh, Audio Rain on Facebook. And uh, do you have uh, any other... Um, you guys are on Spotify as well, I noticed, and SoundCloud? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think Apple Music as well. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah it'll, be on, it'll be on most of the major digital platforms, but uh, if you want hard physical copies... Just uh, get in contact with us through the band page. Excellent. All right. Well, that, that's where you can get your hands on uh, that one. Good on you, fellas. All right. Thanks, that's Alex and Jake. Right. All right. See you, boys. All right, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bianca, Bianca, bam! <laughs> <laughs>